You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Bezras Hashem, tonight we're going to be continuing with our series of Shirim on Rabbi Nachman and the possibility of joy. But we're going to make a small detour, which is an unexpected shear, but it's certainly a shear that's going to bring us towards exactly where we need to be, Bezras Hashem. Now, tonight's shear was supposed to be about Rabbi Nachman and the Nakuda of Bina, as we're going to see from the writings of Rabbi Nassim and Rav Avram ben Rav Nachman, as well as Rav Ichemeyer Morgenstern Shlita. There's a certain emphasis of Rabbi Nachman's Avoida and the path that Rabbi Nachman clears for us that is very much makusher to the olam of Bina, to the world of tshuva, to the world of transformation and fixing from within brokenness itself, the capacity of the lower level to reveal something even higher than the higher level. And we're going to see how that's going to animate the entire Mahalach of Simcha for Rabbi Nachman, because as we're going to see from the writings of the Zohar HaKadosh and the Mekubalim, in particular the Leshem and the Emek HaMelech and the Ari, that Bina, even though it's the place of the origins of severity and the origins of constriction, Ani Bina Li Gevura, as we know, that Bina is the bridge that bridges the upper three spheros with the lower seven spheros, and therefore it has to contain within itself those two oppositional powers of the Rachem and Rabim of the upper world, as well as the harsh judgments of the lower world, symbolized by the fact that Bina, the shame representative of Bina, is the shame Havaya, which represents Rachem and Rabim, pure goodness and the grace and compassion of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yet nevertheless, the nekudos, the vowelization that emerges through the enunciation of that word, expressive of expression outwards, is the nekudos of the Shem Elokim, which is the place of dinim. And it's specifically Bina that straddles the fence between severity and kindness and compassion, or joy and sadness, that is capable of being the birthplace of Simcha, as we're told, Aim Habanim Smecha, that Bina is that womb of Simcha. But before we go there, we're going to make a detour upon our path and we're going to encounter and we're going to meet Rabbi Nachman on his way to visit the Holy Tana, the Tana Eloikai Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in Meiron. Now, it's a very interesting tale that we're going to be looking at. This is a Maisa, the Maisa of the Pegisha, of the encounter of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov and the Neshama of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai his spiritual teacher, that tzaddik, Yisoyed Oilam, who Rabbi Nachman drew so much from, as we're going to see explicitly. Now, there was a tale that was told over in whispers through the Mashbiyeh Breslov, and always referred to as something that was heard, Mipela Ozen. 
Now, in the history of Breslov, there is textual censorship, in particular with regards to the Sefer Chaim Haran. There were certain things taken out so that the machlokas against Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Nassim would be quiet, and there were certain teachings in there that could be misused by those who wanted to abuse the concept of Breslov and the concept of those who followed the Tzadik Emes. But rarely do we find Mipiha Shmua. We find things that were not written down at all, but given over from mouth to ear. Because with regards to writings by Rabbi Nachman, there's a number of different types of writings. There is the writings that we engage in to understand the life of Rabbi Nachman, Chayim Aran, Tzichos Aran. Then there's the Nisham of Rabbi Nachman, Lakuta Maharan. And then there's the Sefer Hagonuz, which is the book that was written but hidden. And then there's the Sefer Hanisraf, which is the book that was burnt. And then there's the books that haven't even been written. But to find Mipela Ozen without any real textual evidence supporting it prior to its emergence is, is a mashahu that's unique in the annals of the history of Breslov. And the first place that we have an exposure to this Maisa, there were hints to it in Chaya Maharan, there were hints to it in Shivchei Maharan, as Rav Simark points out, that this is nothing new. But the real place that we find this is in Shail Sanchuva Shari Tzedek from Rav Gedalia Kenig. Rav Gedalia Kenig, the Talmud of Rav Avram ben Rav Nachman, who was the son of Rav Nachman, Tolchiner, who was the Talmud Mufak of Rabbi Nassan, who was the Talmud Mufak of Rabbi Nachman. Rav Gedalia Kenig, one of the greatest Mashpie Breslov that we've had in the last hundreds of years, he wrote a book of Shalos and Chuvos, and in Chuva Tesvav, it's a letter that he actually wrote to an American Mashpia, Rav Gedalia Fleer. And this letter that Rav Kenig wrote to Rav Gedalia Fleer in 1960 is really the first time that we have a, a textual expression of this experience, this Misa of Rabbi Nachman and his encounter with Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in Meiron. Prior to that, what we know is that the path that Rabbeinu took to get to Eretz Yisrael that he was most nefesh for, which my brother Josh Rosenfeld has given a number of beautiful shiraman. But this path to get to Eretz Yisrael was everything that Rabbeinu wanted to do in his entire life. And we're told in Shivchei Aran, in Osyud Tess, as follows, that they rented donkeys and they traveled to all of the different caves. And when they arrived at the cave of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, Rabbi Nachman ensured that there would be children there, young children who were davening and reading the Zohar throughout the time that Rabbi Nachman entered into the Ma'ara of Rashbi. But from Rabbi Nachman, we did not see anything whatsoever. Rather, he was incredibly, incredibly joyous. Rabbi Nachman would move to and forward, and then he would come to the person who came with him, and he would say, Ashracha, Ashracha. And at night, Rabbi Nachman was going from room to room in Meiron. And he kept warning the children to continue saying Zohar. But he himself said absolutely nothing. But rather, he kept walking to and fro, singing to himself, and he was in an incredible state of joy. Ad or Hayom, until the morning light emerged. And when the sun arose, Rabbi Nachman put on his talis and tefillin, 
and he davens for a number of hours. And when a person looks at that ketan, shivchei haran, and osiyates, we find the number of v'chuleis, v'chuleis, continue, continue, etc., etc., which implies, as the mechakram have pointed out, that there was a certain element of censorship that took place there. And we have from Rav Gedalia Kenig in his letter to Rav Gedalia Fleer, this remarkable pagisha, this remarkable encounter of the neshama of Rabbi Nachman with the neshama of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, which will Be'ezra Hashem help us understand just a little bit, just a little bit about the Avodah of Simcha that Rabbi Nachman came to bring down into the world that would not be possible without Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. The story goes as follows. And one of the interesting things about the story is that it was written originally in Aramaic. It was written in the language of the Zohar. It was written in that Aramaic language, which we discussed last time that we had a shear, is the Avodah of Targum. And that Avodah of Targum, which Rabbi Nachman says explicitly in Sichos Aran, that Rashbi was metakein, the Lushan of Targum. Rashbi clarified that language of translation to such an extent through the work of the Zohar that any language of translation can illuminate the soul. And we said that translation is not translation. Translation means the descent away from the light of the face into that darkened space where the original language is no longer clarified for us, as Rabbi Nachman points out in the 19th teaching. And it's that place of slumber and terdema and unconsciousness and smallness and stuckness with the smell of death. And it's specifically out of that place of Targum that the light of the Zohar emerges, out of that Ma'aras Tzurim. And it was the Koyach of Rashbi that came to be Metake in the Lashon of Targum. And so it's no surprise that when we find Rabbi Nachman describing his encounter with the Neshama of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in Meiron, Bimeiron, in the Ma'aras Tzurim Asher Amadita, in that place where Rashbi is buried, it's no wonder that it's in the language of Targum because the whole Indian of the relationship between Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai is the Avoida of Targum, is the Avoida of teaching us how to see within Terdema itself, within darkness itself, within concealment itself, the light that is burgeoning, the light that is sown for the Tzadikim, that Or Zarua Tzadikul Yishrelev Simcha, that light that is sown for the Tzadikim and for the straightness of the heart, it gives birth to Simcha. What does it mean that a light is sown? A light is sown means it has to be dug deep into the ground. It has to be unseen. It has to be invisible. It has to remain invisible. It has to gestate. It has to germinate within itself. It has to break apart, as our tzaddikim tell us, in order for that light to emerge outside of the ground in a new revealed type of way. And it's only those tzaddikim who understand the process of gestation, the process of that light being hidden prior to its emergence onto the scene. We're told from the famous Chalom of the Orzarua, the Rishon, who said he didn't know, he didn't know how to spell the name Akiva. He didn't know for the sake of Gitin how to spell Rabbi Akiva's name. Again, Rabbi Akiva, the Rebbe of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. Rabbi Akiva, the person who saw the Chorbanos of the world, and he was able to laugh and say that this is the biggest simon that Simcha is going to emerge out of here. Rabbi Akiva, whose colleagues looked at death, and Rabbi Akiva laughed and he said, but don't you see the sweetness that emerges afterwards? Rabbi Akiva, who in the moment of the deepest pain in the world was capable of expressing Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. Rabbi Akiva, who learned this all from his Rabbi, Nachem Gamzu. Rabbi Akiva, who learned this light from his Rabbi, who said that Kol every imaginable thing that takes place in this world is for good. How, why, what, where, we have absolutely no idea whatsoever. Rabbi Akiva himself was told, Shtaik, 
Rather, Rabbi Akiva was the birthplace of that halacha. When Moshe Rabbeinu encounters Rabbi Akiva and he says, Zutayr of Zuschara, you're going to tell me, Akadosh Baruch Hu, that this is how it goes? You're going to tell me that this is what it's supposed to look like? And Hashem doesn't offer Moshe Rabbeinu an answer. He says, Shtaik kach Allah Silence yourself, because this is how it emerged in my unfathomable and infinite desire for the creation of the world. Rabbi Akiva, who was able to understand that, the Rabbi of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, that Or Zaru Alatzadik Yulusha Lev Simcha, which is Sofei Tevos Akiva, from where the Or Zaru learned to name his Sefer. The story goes as follows: that Rabbi Nachman came, Rabbi Nachman came to the town of Meron. And that moment, Rabbeinu HaKadosh Rabbi Nachman came to the cave of Rashbi. And when Rabbi Nachman entered into that cave, he came in with all of the sweet odors of the world, with all of those smells of Gan Eden. The same scent that emerges out of Gan Eden when a Kaddish Baruch Hu comes down at Chatzos Laila to be Mishta to take pleasure and to find engagement with those Neshamos of the Tzadikim who get up for Tikkun Chatzos. Now, this joy that emerges, the Zohar talks about so often by Tikkun Chatzos, it's the joy of anticipating the morning light prior to its emergence. Those who are able to awaken themselves even in darkness and remind themselves that light is burgeoning. It's specifically in that place that those sha'ashuim take place. And Rabbi Nachman says that that was the type of joy that entered in with me when I went into the chamber of Rashbi. And all of the worlds were illuminated. And all of the neshamos of all of the tzaddikim who were waiting for this time, they stirred and they awoke. And a voice emerged. A strong voice emerged and he says, What is the name of this holy tzaddik? Permission has been granted to him to illuminate the candles, the holy flames, within the chamber of the holy king, who has entered in now into this cave, this holy cave. Blessed is he, may you come in peace. Who is it that doesn't care about themselves? Who is it that doesn't think about themselves whatsoever? Who is it whose only desire is to elevate the Shechina that has fallen down to the dust and to elevate it back up its to be, back to its beloved, back to that supernal place of unity? Who is it that knows the cure for the princess who is lost? Who knows how to cure the illnesses? Who knows how to cure the pain? Who is it? Who is this tzaddik who just entered, who knows how to speak calmly to the heart of the Shekhinah, to the heart of the princess, to comfort her, to heal all of that pain and all of that damage? Who is it who knows how to cover over those wounds? To heal those wounds that are so difficult to heal for eternal health. Who is it? that has come without a care for themselves, without a care or desire for pleasure in this world. Rabbi Nachman announces and he says, And his voice heard, and we see the scream of Rabbeinu elsewhere. Rabbeinu announced with a great thundering voice. 
And over here we see as well, Rabbi Nachman says, and his voice was heard throughout the land, I am the one who has entered into this holy cave. I, Nachman, the son of Simcha, the Fega, and the son of Fega. I have come from the Zera, from the line of the holy Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh. I am the one, I, the child, the great-grandson of the Baal Shem Tov HaKadosh, the descendant of David Melech Mashiach. I am the one who has entered into the cave. I am the one who has grabbed hold of Shemayim and Aretz. I am the one who is engaged in comforting HaKadosh Baruch Hu and the Shekhinah in this world by teaching the Jewish people how to move forward. I am the one who has healed that Bas Melech. I am the one who has the strength to remove all of the stings even after they've emerged. I am the one who has the power to get rid of that poison that surges through the veins of Yisrael. I am the one who spends time strengthening the weak ones. I am the one who denies the power of the snake. I am the one who draws Bina, like we said, into the depths of the hearts of the Jewish people to teach them how to be joyous to teach them how to strengthen themselves, to teach them to do tshuva, even when tshuva is an impossibility. I am that one. I am the one who emerges with simcha and chedva in the world to complete the mitzvahs of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. I am that one. I am the one who everybody has shaykhs to. Like we said in all of our shirim, that everyone will be breastlove. It doesn't mean that everybody will know Rabbi Nachman. It doesn't mean that everybody will learn Rabbi Nachman. But it means that the only way to survive is when your Avedis Hashem is the klalim that Rabbeinu brought into this world. To have the heart be broken, to have infinite hope in spite of all darkness, to have joy in spite of everything to allow ourselves to vacate that need for knowledge and to abandon rationality and throw ourselves into a meaningless and, and chaotic faith in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, beyond anything. Those kochos we all need. I am that one, says Rabbi Nachman. Vaaz kam Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai. At that point, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai gets up. He's no longer leaving it to everybody else. V'sha'al she'ela. And he asks a question, mi ron? The word of Meiron is Miron. Who here is engaged in such simcha? Ron Meilashan Rina. Miron. Who has the ability to be this joyous? Who is this person? Ana Rabbeinu Amma Rabbi Nachman announces, Ani Ron. I am Ron. I am the one who is drawing this simcha into the world. Almost as if to say, I am the one who can teach you how to be besimcha. Miron. Meiron. Miron. Who is the one who comes here with their joy? And Zokta Rabbi Nachman, Ani Ron. I am the one who has come here with my joy. And all of the neshamas of the tzaddikim came down and they saw this encounter with Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochan and Rabbi Nachman. And the Maisa continues with all of the shvachim, very much like a capital from the Zohar Kadosh. And it continues and it talks about how Rabbi Nachman takes out his kinor, takes out his harp, and he begins to sing that song of Amuna that could only emerge out of darkness. He begins to sing that song that is not pashut, that is not singular, that is not doubled, that is not kaful that is not tripled, that is not mishulash, but rather the fourfold song, the song that descends one level after another to the lowest imaginable place, to this world of Asiya, and reveals that the deepest song imaginable can only emerge out of that place, can only emerge out of that fallen place of the world of Asiya. And the world is on fire and everybody is joyous. And then the Misa continues and it says as follows. And in the midst of the joy of Rabbi Nachman and Rabbi Shimon, there was heard a sad sound for a moment. A sad chord emerged out of that harp. 
a difficult cord, a painful cord emerged out of that heart. And he placed that harp down for a second when that sad tune emerged. And Rashbi asks, as Rabbeinu HaKadosh, Rashbi asks Rabbi Nachman, what was that? What was that sad chord that I heard in my ears? In the midst of all of the simcha, what was that sadness I heard? And Rabbi Nachman says to Rabbi Shimon, this voice that you heard, it's the voice of those young children. And their shepherd has left them and has concealed themselves from them. And they wandered in the field. And they asked for water to satisfy their thirst. And they couldn't find it. And they scattered themselves in the desert. And they scattered themselves in the desert, surrounded by the wild beasts of the field. And some were damaged. And some were eaten. And some of them, their bones were broken. And very few of them will be successful in returning back to their chambers of peace. And even those who return will not find comfort. And because of this, they're screaming out, Roya, Roya Hanaeman, our leader, our faithful leader. How long will you disperse us? How long will you let us be lost? That's where that sad voice comes from. And at that moment, it was agreed between the two of them, Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Nachman. In the time of the Ikvas of the Mashiach, when Sitra when the darkness and concealment of the world overwhelms, when confusion overwhelms, and there'll come a time in the end of days where chaos will ensure that nobody is able to go to Uman, where nobody will be able to come close to that Sadiq. And it's not a difficult thing to imagine in our time. It's not a difficult thing to imagine a year where people couldn't go, where people were unable to go, those who wanted to go. That there will come a time in Ikvas of the Mashiach when a person won't be able to go. And Rashbi says, I will be Mishtadel. I will be the one who puts in effort. To gather all of those young children in my Holy shadow, to accomplish the mitzvah of welcoming guests, in your merit, with joyous and glad faces, to eat and to drink and to rest, to make sure that they have everything that they need. And these tefillos that emerge in my place in Meiron, says Rabbi Shimon to Rabbi Nachman, these tefillos will bring us back to that place of the Nachal and the Chachma, that place of renewal, that place where we can draw faith even when faith is gone. Mekor HaChachma HaKadosha, that source of supernal wisdom, Ad Ki Yashuv Yachramenu Uki Maisa Nisanu Yismachenu, 
And at that point, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will return us. And he will gladden us like the days of our subjugation, as the Ramchal teaches us. He will show us how the difficulty itself gave birth to the Simcha. And one will see with their own eyes the return of HaKadosh Baruch Hu Tzion. That pasuk that the Rebbe Ravit Shlita uses at the end of every drasha, an eye will see it. We won't have to hear it. We won't have to believe it. We will see it clearly. And there'll be a joy that has not emerged in the face of a Kaddish Baruch Hu since the time of the destruction of Beis HaMikdash. And in the morning when the sun arose, and everybody finished their davening. Rabbi Nachman wanted to leave them and everybody followed him. And everybody gave him gifts. And everybody gave him the blessing of peace to bring us to that place. Now this Maisa, this Maisa is an incredibly, incredibly powerful Maisa because it's the story of Rabbi Nachman. It's the story of the demand to find joy, the belief in finding joy. And then suddenly that joy is interrupted by a small sad note. That joy is interrupted from that sadness that emerges in that cave in Meiron. And Rabbi Shimon says, what is this? Where does this come from? And Rabbi Nachman says that that sadness is because of the yearning and the thirst that people are going to have to find the Nakud of the Tzaddik, to find that light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in their lives. And that yearning and that toil to find that light, the willingness to descend into the deserts, the willingness to be attacked, the willingness to be broken in all manners of brokenness and to be steadfast in our faith, that's what will give birth to the ultimate song. That's what will give birth to that ultimate song of Simcha that comes out through the unification of the Torah of the Zohar Kadosh of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. That person where there's no sadness and there's no darkness, along with Rabbi Nachman. The Nachal Nevei Makor Chachma. Rabbi Nachman famously opens up the Sefer Lekutim Aran with a very interesting teaching about Rabbi Shimon. It's called L'chul Chazum Mifalos Hashem Asher Sham Shamos Baretz. Based on the Pasuk that says, come and see the power of HaKadosh Baruch Hu who has placed destruction in the land. Shamos, destruction. The Malbim Rashi, what does Shamos mean? Shimamon, emptiness, nothing. Zaktim Aforshim, the word that defines shamos of destruction and desolation is shimama, shin mem mem hey, which Sadiqim have told us can also spell out sham ma. There is ma. When I look at something, I say, what is this? Ma is the gematria of 45, kiyadua. The shemama forish of akadvish baruchu. Yud ke vav ke. That shimama, I look around and I see ma, what is this? Is there any purpose here? Is there any meaning here? This shima'on, this confusion and chaos. So Zakhtar bin Ahmed on this pasuk. That Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai is the one who comes along and says, when the Chevra get together in Kerem Shebi Yavne, Kerem Shebi Yavne, Yavne is the same osios as Bina. Kerem is the Bechina of the vineyard. Yayin is Mekusha Tegvuros. It's that place that joy and sadness operate in unison. That intensity emerges within the body of a person through the imbibement of wine that gives birth to two paths in front of the person. Either it will be a yayin hamasameach, a gladdening wine, or a yayin hamashakir, or an intoxicating wine. And it's specifically in that karam shabiyavna, in that place of bina, that the Tanayim come along and they see Gavuros and they say, La'asid Yisrael, the Jewish people are going to forget about the Torah. 
Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai gets up and he says, Loi tishkach mi pizarro. It will never be forgotten. Now what does forgetfulness mean? Forgetfulness is death. Forgetfulness is when things fall away from the light of the face. Forgetfulness is when the aspect of life is taken away from something. Forgetfulness is when something is no longer active, no longer present, and a person is convinced that it's gone. But it comes along Rabbi Shimon by Yochai and say, nothing is gone. Nothing is truly gone. And if it appears gone, it's just because there's a residual light that's present that needs to be dug deeply into to reveal that it's always been present. And that Koyach of Rabbi Shimon that comes along and says, there's never going to be forgetfulness. In fact, the very nature of forgetfulness itself is what will give birth to the renewal of Torah, because people will be thirsty and desiring the light of the Torah. And Rabbi Shimon says, Come and see the wonders of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It appears that things are broken. It appears that things are forgotten and desolate, but in truth, there's a light that is sown within it. How, where, what, why, in what sense, how could it be possible? Rabbi Nachman told us a long time ago, in the same way that Rashbi taught us, the apex of the Jewish experience is the full recognition that I know absolutely nothing whatsoever. And anytime I think I know anything, it just means that it's a hakdama for me to come and remember that I know absolutely nothing. And Ibn Ahmed says in countless places that the I don't know of today is nothing in comparison to the I don't know of tomorrow. And when Jews are forced to say, I don't know, when Jews are forced to say, ma, when Jews are forced to say, I have absolutely no idea, it's a hisgalus of the amuna that is me'al ha'seicha. It's a revelation of that deep-seated faith that does not need truth or validation to support itself. Amuna is so true, it doesn't need to be true. It's that place of taklis ha'yudiya and it's specifically in that place that we're zoichet to the ge'ula. It's specifically Rabbi Nachman who can say, Ani Ron, I am the one who is going to find simcha in this world. Rabbi Shimon asks, May Ron, who could be happy? Who could be singing? And Rabbi Nachman comes along and says, Ein shum klal. Ani Ron, I am the one who's going to teach you to be besimcha. There's one other place where Rabbi Nachman darshans that same teaching, that same pasuk of l'chul chazum mifalais Hashem Hashem shamas ba'aretz. Because Chazal have an incredible teaching on this. The Pasuk says, Come and see the desolation and the destruction that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has sown within the land. And Chazal and Bechorus, in only the way that Chazal can deliberately misread the Pesukim, they say, Don't read destruction and desolation, but rather Shemos, names, specific things that we're meant to engage with. When a person looks at the world and they see shamama, shamma, a question of what is this? Where is it coming from? How could it be? What a person needs to find there is the or shame, the light of the name, which says that, no, this is specific. It's something real that needs study. It's something that can teach us something. There is no desolation that is without purpose. Everything is filled with purpose of the proper name. Everything can convey a teaching of the tachlis to an individual, no matter how small or no matter how large. And Rabbi Nachman darshans this pasuk in the 36th teaching in the second volume of Lakuta Maran, where it says, And Rabbi Nachman says there in that teaching is that there is nothing in this world that happens by happenstance. There is nothing that appears so dark and so difficult that it cannot be present to teach us the tachlis of Shabbos, to teach us the light of Shabbos where there is no sadness, to teach us that light that the Zayar Kadush says is the light of Rashbi. Rashbi does Shabbos, Shabbos da Rashbi. Rabbi Shimon of Yochai is the Bechin of Shabbos, and Shabbos is the Bechin of Rabbi Shimon. 
And it's specifically when we look at desolation in the land, when we see the Shemama, when we see that Shama, that we have the Koyach of digging deeper into the Tachlis, digging deeper into what does HaKadosh Baruch Hu want from me in this world? What do I need to do to be Mekushit HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How can I speak to you, Hashem? How can I move even an inch closer to you, HaKadosh Baruch Hu? How can I find just one more Nekuda of Menucha Saneshev and Nishavadas in this world? It's specifically those questions of Look at the desolation and Chazal say, don't look at desolation, see purpose, find the names there, find the things that are essential there. And Rabbi Nachman, just in a few of these Lashonos are just so incredible. Rabbi Nachman says, we can't come to this darg of Simcha. We can't come to this place of the Tachlis, of seeing those proper names and everything that takes place, except by going through difficulty except by going through that lowest level of the raglan, of the legs, of the walking and the running and the moving and the pushing. It's specifically lechu chazu. You have to walk and see it. You have to utilize the lowest element of what it means to be a human being. The tachlis hadir mamish, the chayshach kafel mechupel, the hastara shebesaycha hastara. This world which is buried within the beten hanachash, as the Rishash tells us. It's specifically in that place of the raglan, of l'chu chazu, Rabbi Nachman says, that a person will be capable of disclosing this. V'zehu l'chu chazu, and this is what it means, come and see. L'chu daika, specifically walk. Hainu b'chignas haraglin, specifically the level of the legs, shehem klei ha'halicha, that are the vessels of walking. Gam heim yechazu mifalais Hashem asher sham shemos baretz. Even the lowest level, the legs, the legs, the lowest possible level. The lowest imaginable thing in the world, the legs themselves, will disclose the glory of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Like the legless beggar in the tale of the Sheva HaBatlarim who has yet to arrive. That, legger, that, begle, that legless beggar who teaches us how to walk without walking, how to dance without dancing. Oy. And Rabbi Nachman continues and he says, And we should be able to say this with tears and sobbing. To cry and to yearn, to desire and to beg in the face of a Baruch Hu. When will we merit to see this? To have this knowledge, when will it be HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that we're capable of beholding your light within every element of this existence from the lowest of the low to the highest of the high? And according to our low, low, diminished level in this time, and all of us are ugly and burnt and broken and sad and angry. We need you to be compassionate upon us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu. To give us that Raya Ne'eman, that Rashbi, that Rabbi Nachman told Rashbi they're going to be crying for that. That's where that voice of sadness comes from. That Hadracha to be Megalatas, how to see light in darkness. Who has the capacity of revealing that knowledge within us. In order to serve you properly, in order to come to the Tachlis. This Nakuda of Simcha. This Nakuda of Rabbi Shimon, this Nakuda of the Tzafon, of the North, of Meiron, of Miron, who can be happy here? The North is very often associated with difficulty. Misafon Tiftah 
The north is where negativity emerges from. It's that side of the world that is concealed from the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, left open to the chitzonim, left open to doubts. But we're also told, How great is the goodness that you hide away in the north for your beloved? How good is that goodness that will emerge specifically out of the place of Bina? specifically out of that place of concealment, specifically out of the northern sky of Eretz Yisrael. Mi ron, who can be joyous? Ani ron, I can be joyous. Even in spite of everything, I can be joyous. Afal pikein, I can find joy. The Zohar HaKadosh says as follows in Pasha Shlach, on Daf Kufayin Gimel Amid Beis. Mitzafon Tiftach from the north, the difficulty will emerge, negativity will emerge. But the north will also erase it. Because it's specifically from the north that all difficult judgments and decrees emerge from. But that's also the place where all goodness is hidden. And all of the goodness that stands at the ready for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to reveal to the Jewish people when that time arrives, a voice will come out. Hakadosh Baruch Hu will call forth to the north, to the north, that place of Miron, of who could be joyous. and it will say, You have all the goodness hidden within you. And my children who have suffered in this world such suffering for the sake of my holiness. Have igrin tav in the Give them those goodness. Give them those gifts that are hidden by you. This is what the pasuk says in Yeshaya. That Hakadosh Baruch Hu is going to say to the north, "Give it to my children. Give them what they deserve." As we leave the light of Rashbi, we're still by Rashbi. Everybody's still by Rashbi. And Keshem Shakadish Brokulakol, the same way Akadish Brokhus for everybody, Kahrashbi Lakol, Rabbi Shimon Baryocha is for everybody, the Nikudab Tzadik is for everybody. In the same way that even Rabbi Shimon could say, Mi Ron, who could be happy here? Who is this one who comes along and finds gladness? We can all say, because all Rabbi Nachman is doing is teaching us about the Tzadik within us. We can all announce, Ani Ron, I am the one who continues to be joyous. And Be'ezra Sashem, what we'll discuss next week is the Nikuda of Bina that comes from that place that gives birth the Avoida of Rabbi Nachman and Be'ezra Sashem. This podcast is supported in part from a grant from the Hadar Institute. The music is by Zusha. The audio engineer is David Kwan. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts.